Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast downloaded over one million times worldwide and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your host, Tim and Jill Savage, coming to you from Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. This is episode 278 of the Australian Hiker Podcast, and this week we talk about staycations for hikers. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. The term staycation was first thought to have been coined in 2005 and has now come into common usage. While there are a couple of definitions, it essentially means taking a holiday with limited travel and staying close to home. But just because you stay close to home doesn't necessarily mean low cost. But if you become creative, you can certainly have an amazing time on a low budget by exploring your local environment. In this podcast episode, we discuss the concept of taking a hiking staycation in your local area and look at the options for getting out and about without necessarily having to break the bank. The first comment I'd make here is to think outside the box. And what I mean by this is you think back to 2020 when the pandemic was on, we really didn't have much choice with our travel plans. You know, we couldn't go overseas, we couldn't go interstate, we really were fairly limited. And even though in Canberra we probably had more freedom than a lot of other states and territories in Australia, we did have limitations. So while we had the opportunity to get out and about, there were limits and we really had to think outside the box and we ended up spending a weekend camped in our backyard. People thought we were crazy because it was very cold. <laughs> it was also a good opportunity to test out some gear in the cooler part of the year as well. Now, this is something we tend to do as kids and we tend to lose this playfulness. I playfulness, think. yeah, that's the word I'm thinking of unless we have our own kids and do, the, do the, the camping thing in our backyard with our own children. But this is an opportunity to get out and play with your gear uh, and sleep outside in, the, in the, the wild, so to speak, without actually having to drive anywhere or go anywhere. For us, when we go, went through and did this in 2020, it was also a chance to get out of the house. <laughs> uh, we, by this stage, we'd, we'd been in lockdown for a month and it, was, it, just, it just was nice to actually get out in the open, even, without, even though we weren't actually leaving home at all. Yes, and I know that a month doesn't sound a long time to those people who were in Melbourne in particular at the time, but yeah, for us, it was a big deal. Other options that you can go through and have a play with is things like peak bagging, where you set a goal to walk all the hills and mountains in your local area. And it's it's interesting because if you think of any city or any town, the highest mountain or the highest hill tends to be a tourist destination that people either walk up or drive up to get views of the local area. And yeah, and while people will tend to do the highest in most cases, it's rare they tend to do the others. 
So peak bagging is an opportunity to walk up those hills and mountains that you may not have considered before. And you can string a bunch of them together to create a a whole different um, perspective on your local area. And we'll talk about that a bit more in a moment. One of the other options we have, and this is a, a term that I only really just discovered in preparation for this podcast, is trig pointing. And this is where you visit all the hills and summits that have trig stations, because not all of them do. And at the time of this podcast, Canberra had 64 accessible trig stations that you could go through and tick off. Now, the government don't recommend going on private land and private property to access those that are not On private land and private property. But certainly, you know, 64 is a good, good number. And I think we've probably been to a fair number of them, but there's still a number that we haven't. So you know, if you, you might set yourself a goal of doing this over a year or a couple of years and you know, maybe even doing this every second week uh, and doing a trig station at a time. A number of them are quite easy to access, but there's also some that are very remote and it's going to take you a while to get there. And you know, probably for us, the most remote one is a 54-kilometre return hike. Uh, so you know, you're not going to go through and do that in a day, but typically it's, it's a three-day adventure for most people. From there, the other option is to keep it urban. Now, we urban hiking for me has always been something that I've been interested in because no matter where I've lived, whether it's been overseas or in Australia, I always like to get out and about and walk around the cities and the towns to see what's there from the ground. Uh, when you do it by car, you're traveling at a much faster speed and even doing it by bike and that to that extent, you're traveling at a different speed and you tend to see things differently and you take in what's there differently. So doing it at a walking pace is quite good. And in most cases, all towns and cities will tend to have at least some urban walks, even if it's to walk up the local mountain or have walks that go through the city. Now, that's the designated walks, but there's nothing wrong with just taking the choose-your-own-adventure route and actually making up your own walks as you go. So over the last few years, we've done a number of, again, what you can best describe as choose-your-own-adventures, and we came up with the 82-kilometre-long Canberra Summits Walk, where we basically started at one end of the city and essentially walked our way down the city trying to pick the, the hills and mountains that we could that made sense. And we ended up with uh, hitting 12 of these hills and mountains over a three-day period. We didn't camp because you can't, but the first day we actually walked home. The second day we actually got a uh, an Uber return to home. And then in the morning we did the same. We got an Uber down to where we started off the day before and an Uber home at the end of the day. Now, you don't necessarily have to pay for that that. Uh, uh, transport, you can get a family member or a friend to do the drop-off and pick-up for you. But for us, that was a three-day adventure, and we got to see parts of the city that we've lived in for most of our lives that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, and it was a was a real eye-opener in some some ways, in, in fact, in many ways, as you were saying, things we hadn't seen, uh, things that we'd driven past but hadn't seen you know, hadn't noticed. Um, so that was quite an interesting kind of revelation for us as well. And something that's become very apparent to me over the last sort of seven or eight years is that people tend to get into a routine wherever they happen to live. 
You know, you get up in the morning, you go to work or wherever, whatever time of the day it might be, you come home from work, you might stop into the local shops, you might go to the larger shopping malls uh, a couple of times a month, you know, or the big box stores like like Bunnings and the other sort of stores. Uh, you might go to a, an event or a sporting stadium every so often, but there tends to be a very small part of the city that you tend to interact with. And when you do it, you often tend to be also on autopilot in a way. You know, I, I know where I'm going, I'll just make it happen. And, uh, you know, you if you're driving, you'll be watching the traffic, but you won't be looking too closely at anything else. So I think by going to areas of the city or town that you live in, and again, it doesn't have to be in an 82-kilometre trip that like, like we did. It can be a smaller sort of thing to say, I haven't been to this part of the city before. I'll just go and have a walk around the suburbs. Now, it's not bushwalking. It is definitely hiking. Uh, but you, know, you can go through and do this and see things that you haven't seen before and just uh, take it all in. Now, apart from that, summit walk that we created. We also did just recently uh, an episode or a walk we called Turning Left, where we walked out our front door, we turned left, and the choices we we set ourselves, and it was an arbitrary choice, we decided what the rules were, but we could either turn left or we could go straight ahead, we couldn't turn right. So somehow we had to provide a route that was roughly two and a half to four hours long, that got us back to home in that sort of time period. And I think we ended up with about just on two and a half hours. And we learned a lot. We learned a lot about communication. Normally, again, as you'll mention, we would have gone on autopilot because we know the area so well when you can turn whichever way you want. But when you set a, a set of rules, it makes it very interesting to think, well, how do we do this? Do we break the rules or do we try and stick with them and how do we go about doing it? Yeah, yeah, and it was interesting, and they were arbitrary rules, so we did set them um, at the beginning, and we decided that we would stick to them, even though I wanted to bend them a little bit along the way. Tim didn't want that at all, but it was a real, really interesting exercise, and and uh, as Tim was saying, we realised how little we communicated generally on a on a normal walk, and how much we had to on this kind of walk. One other comment I'd make here as well is there tend to be hidden gems in any city or town that you may or may not be aware of. So if you go to the written article or the written version of this podcast, there and in fact the uh, uh, the actual cover image is actually uh, the Canberra TARDIS, and it's actually a an electricity slash water piece of infrastructure that's been turned into a piece of urban art and been painted, painted like Doctor Who's TARDIS. Now, most people who live in Canberra do not know it exists. Uh, those people who actively walk will know it's there. But you come across these things without even realising it, and that's that's one of the more obvious ones. Uh, but there are things... When I did the Bondi to Manly walk in Sydney a few years ago, again, I don't travel to Sydney that often, but when I do, I always go to the same places. In this case here, I went through areas of Sydney that I'd never been before, and it was just—I just found it really interesting. Uh, it was really well worthwhile doing because it's something I just wasn't aware of. Now, if you want to get out of the city and do something a bit more into the bushwalking category and, and go bush, it's making use of the local national parks, and there's more than 500 of them around Australia, as well as the local state forests and reserves. 
most people will have an opportunity to go to the nearby national park or state forest and just go for a walk. In my case, we have an Australian hiker top 10 series of walks, and one of them is actually a 15-kilometer bushwalk. Uh, it's not the longest walk. It's not the, the most complex walk. It just has that certain feel about it from my perspective that I just love doing this walk. If I can, I try and do it every year. Provides a sense of remoteness and wilderness without actually being a huge uh, sort of walk. And funnily enough, this is one of these walks that's about the destination. Uh, really, if I could magically be transported to the top, <laughs> top of this mountain, that's my goal on this walk. Getting there was pleasant. It was enjoyable. But it, it really is about the destination in this case. Yeah, whenever there's, the journey. whenever there's a mountain to walk up, I always hope that I could do something like be witch and flick my fingers or twitch my nose or something and just get there. One of the good things about doing bushwalks, and even if you don't – move out of your local park or reserve is at different times of the year, most of these walks will look different. So the walk that I was just talking about, which is the Mount Ginger walk, is prone to snow in winter time. And we have done that walk when it's been snowy. Uh, but you know, snow is not always a guarantee, but it is, it's a strong possibility. And in some cases, the access road is closed over winter time and you have to access it from a different uh, uh, starting point. But it's the sort of thing you'll see different things at different times of the year and you won't get bored with it. Taking that to the next level is overnight camping. Now, again, you can decide how much luxury you do or don't want here. You can opt for going to a nearby caravan or camping ground uh, and just setting up the tent and tenting it for a day or two. Uh, you can go to a local national park and go to a designated campsite if there is one, or you can go to national parks where there is free camping and you can, with some exceptions, pretty much camp anywhere you like. Uh, it really depends on the experience that you want. Now, from my perspective, you've got a couple of choices here, and again, it, it depends on the experience you want. You can go to a, a central area set up your tent for one, two or three days and go for day walks and come back to your tent at the end of the day without moving your tent. So you're setting up a base camp basically. Alternatively, you can start at the trailhead. Uh, you can either uh, finish at the same point or finish at a different point depending on whether someone's picking you up uh, and just camp as you go. So you turn it into almost like a, a mini uh, multi-day or, or long-distance hike, you know, and do five or even ten kilometres a day and just move from site to site as you go. The experience you get is really what you want. And I think the thing to appreciate is that wherever you're living in Australia, there would be within a reasonable distance a national park, a reserve, a state forest or somewhere you know, somewhere where you can go and you can hike and you can pitch a tent. And I think we probably perhaps don't appreciate that as much as we should. And again, this is part of this staycation. Um, you might have to drive a short distance, but you're not going to a different part of the country. Now, just a final comment on staycations. Now, the, the thing that prompted the idea for this podcast and the written version of it 
was you know, at the time that this was released, there's a lot of economic pressure throughout the country. People have limited funds. They can't necessarily travel overseas as freely because the flights just aren't there these days uh, and it can be a bit expensive. So staying close to home and having an adventure, a hiking adventure, that's relatively low cost. And in addition to that, also being a bit more environmentally friendly. There's no air miles associated with a staycation if you're doing it in its real sense. I mean, staycations have been broadened to consider staying within the country, uh, but in the true sense, they really were uh, staying within the local area. And again, you've got some driving, but you haven't got big distances to travel. The other aspect of this is you can be quite spontaneous uh, with your plan. You don't have to spend weeks or even months thinking ahead. You can get up in the morning and say, I'm going to do a whole series of hikes out my front door, or I am going to head in this direction and see what I find. Uh, So it can be quite an adventure in that regard. And I think the good thing with it is, you know, we're talking about this as if if it's a planned event where you're saying, right, in three weeks' time, I'm going to go for a staycation and this is what I'm going going to go through and do. But if you're working with the local area and it's an area you're familiar with, you can just say, right, tomorrow, let's go. Uh, you know, grab your gear, providing you've got everything you need. You don't have to spend weeks or months planning this sort of process because you're, you're, you're doing it in an area that you're typically familiar with. Or if you're doing urban hiking, it's a bit hard to get lost these days. Um, you know, if you have a phone or you know, where, you know what suburb you are, you can generally find your way. Or, or you get tired, you can call an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> so what it comes down to is be creative, look for the quirky, and just explore and have fun. Now, this is the last podcast episode for 2023. Uh, we'll be away for a couple of weeks and then back with the first episode early in the new year. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and listening to us for this year. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.